Whether it's a national championship or bowl eligibility, or three and nine, there are goals and expectations for this Florida Gators team, but what should the expectations be for the Florida Gators in 2023? We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. Yep, that's today's date. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. And we're going to jump right into it today with, like I mentioned in the cold open, what should the expectations be for the Florida Gators? Because I know that there are plenty of fans who are all over the place. And here's the thing. After the first year of Billy Napier being very roller coastery, so first year of Billy Napier being very roller coastery, all of the off-season hoopla, we'll call it, all the off-season hoopla that went around, there's going to be fans all over the place again. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, especially with the new transfer portal, where one of the biggest things that came up with Florida Gators fans was quarterback. It's who's going to be the quarterback. Is the quarterback going to be good? How is the offense going to change because of the quarterback? What is all of this stuff that's going to happen? Because you lost Anthony Richardson, who's likely going to be a first-round pick, likely going to be a high first-round pick in the next couple of months, whether you like it or not. You lost Osiris Torrance, who should be a first-round pick in a couple of months. Javon Dexter, who's probably going to be a day-two pick. Uh, Richard Garage, Ventrell Miller, who, of course, I mean, Ventrell's a gator through and through. And then you you lost all of those experienced, proven guys proven besides Anthony Richardson and even proven besides Javon Dexter. Like I'm not going to let him off the hook for this year. It was bad. And then you bring in all of these new players, Micah Miskua, Graham Mertz, uh, Taraja Mitchell, Do Spurlock is here now. Uh, Manny Nunnery, you brought in Keonta Goodwin, Damian George. Um, sure. I forgot someone. I'm just going off the top of my head here. Caleb Banks, Cameron Jackson, you lost everybody, and then you brought in everybody. So as long as that keeps changing, your true gauge of how good or bad a team is going to be is also going to continue changing. But with that being said, there are expectations all over the place for the Florida Gators. What should, again, should the expectations be for 2023 compared to, well, some people think. Obviously, no, no one, no one in their right mind thinks national championship. The goal is national championship, but no one thinks that's a realistic thing that's going to happen. But there are some Gators fans who go, "We should win nine to ten games. We'll be lucky to win four. Um, realistically, I think the goal for twenty twenty three, or not the goal, the expectation for twenty twenty three, should be kind of the same as it was. Or 2022 
two. Like you should try to repeat that success of the six and seven record because there's just so much that has changed. There's yet again, not the easiest schedule. In fact, this one is pretty damn difficult. So I, I think that when you put all that together, it, it's going to kind of suck. Um, you've got, you know, Utah to start the year is a tough one. You come home and you play McNeese and that's great. And then you get Tennessee at home, but Tennessee is still going to be tough. You get Charlotte then, which should be easy. Like there's only a couple of games on this schedule that should be easy for the Florida. It should be McNeese. It should be Charlotte. It should be Vanderbilt, but we'll see. But aside from that, there are genuinely nine games on the schedule. Hell, we'll say 10. We'll include Vanderbilt. But nine to 10 games on this schedule that are, I just knocked everything over on my desk. Nine to 10 games on the schedule that are difficult. But again, you expect this team to win some of them. Florida should win Utah, I think, especially if Cam Rising is out. Should win McNeese. We'll see about Tennessee. I think you should beat Tennessee, but we'll see how Joe Milton progresses. And I think that the expectation should be, again, bowl eligibility. Bowl eligibility should be the expectation. The goal, win every damn game. Your goals don't have to be realistic. But the expectation should be bowl eligibility if you're a Gators fan. I understand. That's not fun to hear. I get it. Because you're looking at this and you're going, we want to win every game. And you do want to win every game. But realistically... The goal should be bowl eligibility. I think this team is not going to be as bad as some people think it is. I think that the growing pains are going to suck early on probably, which is why it's it's pretty good to have Charlotte and McNeese early on because those are two games that should give you a solid starting point, where in 2022, it was Utah, Kentucky, and USF. You didn't get a game that should have been uh, an easier one until the third game which even then it wasn't an easy game. Uh, so I think the expectation should be look more. The expectation should, to be, should be to have higher lows in 2023 than 2022. You shouldn't have a horrible performance like you had against Kentucky, against South Florida. Those shouldn't be things. I'm not sure if you'll be able to catch the lightning in a bottle that was the Utah game in 2022 or the comeback in Tennessee or the domination of South Carolina. I'm not sure if you're going to get that lightning in a bottle moment, but I know that you're, or I hope that you're going to have higher lows. No Kentucky, no USF, stuff like that. Shouldn't have no Vanderbilt loss. That stuff should get cleaned out a little bit. But I think with the talent on the roster, you're going to have less of those insane big moment plays. Like you're not going to get Graham Mertz doing the spin and the pass to uh, Jaquavian Frazier's on the two-point conversion against Utah. But again, you should make a bowl game. You should improve. You should get better. And that's going to be a huge part for the Florida Gators, where if you make the bowl game, for, you got to win that mother trucker. Like you, you gotta win that bowl game if you make a bowl game this year. Cause I'm, I'm telling you, as a, just as a Gators fan in general, I am sick and tired of losing these damn bowl games. Like we can make fun of Miami for not being in them all we want, but hell, losing them sucks, especially when you lose them thirty to three. And, and the Oklahoma one, which I even forgot the score, but the Oklahoma one that sucked, losing to UCF sucked. So I'm tired of losing these bowl games. Um. But Florida, like the schedule needs to, or the 
result, the performance on field needs to improve. The expectation should be bowl eligibility. Realistically, that should be your expectation. It's hard to gauge, but I think that that's where you're at. And I'm fine with that because towards the end of the recruiting cycle and losing Jaden Rashada and, and all this crap that was happening with players transferring out and declaring, things looked a little bleak, especially when the Jalen Kittness situation happened and he was thought of as your, your 2023 starting QB. So just having all of those changes, things felt bleak. And I think that this coaching staff did a great job of addressing immediate needs and, and trying to get to those. And I'm going to give them credit for it. But again, I think that if you make a bowl game this year, which you should make a bowl game this year, I don't care who you beat. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you beat uh, Utah without Cam Rising, McNeese, Charlotte, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Missouri. If those are your six wins, I don't care who it is. I don't care if you lose to all those teams and you beat Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Georgia, LSU, Arkansas, and Florida State. I don't care how you do it. Just get bowl eligible and win that damn game because I'm tired of L's here. So that, that that's where I'm at on it. We're about to talk about recruiting classes, strengths, weaknesses, what needs to be attacked in 2024. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on whatever you want. Like I'm telling you now, I, I by the time you're listening to this, I don't know the results because the games are starting right now. But DeAndre Hunter, 15 and a half points. Kelly Olynyk, 11 and a half points. That's the parlay. That, that's what I'm cooking up. It's a plus 271 parlay. So we'll see what happens with it. But don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're going to spend this segment kind of wrapping up the 2023 class. And next segment talking about what needs to be position of focuses positions of focus there we go that's how words work for 2024 for 2023 the strengths are obvious we've discussed it multiple times ad nauseum and and we know this 2023 strengths wide receiver is a strength db is a strength d-line is a strength those are far and away the biggest strengths of the class wide receiver andy gene aiden mizell eugene wilson the third animals db you've got jakeem jackson jordan castell dijon johnson aaron gates is coming in and he's constantly slept on because he's not a napier guy which is insane because it, it is a little funny that we've spent so long going mullen guys don't hang mullen guys can't hang mullen guys don't want to do what napier wants them to do mullen guys this that that and a mullen guy is is the one that swept through this entire thing stayed strong and never wavered and doesn't get the acknowledgement for that. And he should. So Aaron Gates, here are your flowers. Uh, you, you deserve them and you should get them. Whether or not he ever works out, I don't care. This is a kid who's, who committed to Florida and kept that commitment through all the bullcrap that happened since 
since his commitment in August of 2021, all the bull crap that happened, the, the 2021 season, Mullen getting fired, um, Todd Grantham being gone, which matters because he's a defensive player, so DC matters. Uh, Billy Napier coming in, Patrick Tony coming in, um, Corey Raymond coming in, the Jaden Rashada debacle, the, the slow start to 2023 recruiting, the defense being atrocious in 2022, all that crap. And Aaron Gates stayed true to the Florida Gators. So I, I love him for that. I don't care if he never works out. He's one of my favorite Gators on the roster immediately. Just note that. Um, defensive line, Kelby Collins, highest ranked player in your class. Kelby Collins, huge ad. Will Norman. They, there's so many players that are that have been added to this class at these position groups that are key position groups that Florida, frankly, sucked at in 2022. So they're, get used to the names because you're probably going to see them play at least a bit in 2023. You'll probably see everybody that I named. You'll probably see at least show up for a bit in 2023. And then you look at the flip side of the class and you start talking about the weaknesses. And I, I'm, I'm not including O-line in this. I am not going to say that offensive line is a weakness because you added four guys from high school on the offensive line. One of them, Roger Kearney, is likely going to contribute in some capacity this year. You've got So you've got four guys that you added to the offensive line. One of them being uh, likely contributed immediately. Uh... Caden Jones, we'll see. I feel like he's more of a ceiling guy, but film looks good. Then you've got Najee Harris and Bryce Lovett, who are probably going to be more developmental pieces, which is fine. So you've got four guys, one who should contribute this year, one who might contribute this year, and two who probably won't contribute this year. Then you went to the transfer portal, and you added three more players in Keonta Goodwin, who's a true sophomore, Damian George, and Micah Mescua, you added three great transfer portal ads. Whether or not you like them, they are awesome ads for the transfer portal. And then you also have 2023 tight end or offensive lineman Tony Livingston on campus now, or 2022 tight end slash offensive lineman Tony Livingston on campus now after he was a late ad. I believe he gray-shirted, so he didn't come on the campus in, until January is when he got to join the team. So you've added really a lot of guys where that was my biggest thing with 2024 with 2023 class was you, you only added four offensive linemen. But when you look at the class in as a whole, you've added eight guys really. So it, it, it's fine. It's not a strength. It's not a weakness, but it, it, it's there. You look at running back. Trayon Webb is solid. I do like his game, but just one I think was a miss because you should have expected, I really, I think most of us expected Naquan Wright and Lorenzo Landgard were not going to be here. Even before the season, the expectation was they were probably not going to be here for 2023, 2024. So you should have been preparing for that and adding more. Again, you addressed it with Cameron Carroll, but I, I still would prefer bringing in another high school guy. Linebackers high school wise was a miss because you only got in Jaden Robinson. You weren't even really a hat on the table for a lot of these linebackers, which is why I initially was like, Hey, if Jay Bateman gets replaced, Jay Bateman gets replaced. And then 2024, he's kind of been in his bag a little bit to start the year. Um, and, and that's, that's great that, that Jay Bateman is doing that right now because he's clearly finding some kind of rhythm, which is great. Uh, and, and tight end, which, Jaden Platt was like 
the only guy really that Florida pushed for and they miss out after he decommitted from Stanford or well, they pushed before he decommitted and then he decommitted and then it was Florida or A&M and he went to A&M, which is a weird choice to me, by the way. Like, and I'm not even saying like, Oh, you should have picked Florida. I think Florida is a better spot for a tight end over A&M. Um, which again, it could be anything like closer to home and all that stuff. It's just weird to me. Like Texas A&M really yikes. Um, I just, I just think their program is going to go down the drain sooner rather than later. And and so that's why I would have been like, yeah, no, I'm going to go anywhere. You didn't have to be Florida, but not A&M. Um, but we're about to talk about 2024 positions of focus that I, I believe Florida needs to key in on for 2024. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about 2024 positions of focus. We'll talk specific players tomorrow because we will have john garcia here locked on's recruiting insider he's going to be here for the whole show so we'll talk specific players i don't know if at all of these positions but we're definitely going to touch at least some of them um but i think first and foremost offensive line again i don't think it was a strength in 2023 i don't think it was a weakness in 2023 it should have been a strength in 2023 you've got rob seal you've got darnell stapleton you've got one of the most offensive line focused coaching staffs in football you should be able to bring these guys in um, which again, I'm a bit confused about the Rob sale bit because well, or about the offensive line recruiting bit because you have Rob sale and Rob sale should be able to recruit anybody just given his track record and his resume. I get it. Gators fans, for some reason, you don't like him that much, but he's one hell of an offensive line coach and Darnell Stapleton's not going to be here for long. I'll tell you that now he's, he's going to be an offensive line coach sooner rather than later. Only way I see him staying is if Rob sale drops the offensive line coach and gives it to Darnell Stapleton and then Rob sales, just OC still with an offensive line focus, or if Rob sale were to leave Gainesville and go back to the NFL or go somewhere else uh, as an offensive co- coordinator with play calling duties, because he does not call plays for the Florida Gators and then Darnell Stapleton gets promoted. But I, I think Darnell Stapleton gets a promotion before Rob sale gets an offer somewhere else that, that he takes. Um, so offensive line, I think you should focus on it. It should be a focus every single year because you want to run the football. You want to be a good team. And in the SEC, you win in the trenches. So you've got to get something on the offensive line going every single year. So that's a big thing here. Edge. uh, I didn't list it as a weakness in 2023 because it's going to be interesting to see where guys really slot in. TJ Searcy, I know, is going to be playing that Jack linebacker spot. Um, We're going to have, I mean, honestly, there's so many guys that can play inside and out, stand up or hand in the dirt, that it's hard to even like place who is who. We just know TJ Searcy will be playing that Jack linebacker spot. Uh, But I would like to see more guys with actual experience we'll say playing on the edge in high school you don't need to be you know you don't need to be a pure edge but i don't like like 2024 darius hayes is listed as an edge by most recruiting sites he's not going to be playing edge for the florida gators i can i i can tell you that their plan is to use him as an off-ball linebacker as it should be like that that should be he's also insanely light to be playing edge. He's like 6'4", 210. I get it. There's plenty of time to develop and grow. You've got like 18 months before you have to be on campus playing your first game. 
but still he he's very light uh and clearly like the the interest is off ball so let him do that i would so i would like to see some more edge again not specific guys i don't need you to be exclusively an edge but guys with experience miles graham adarius hayes two linebackers committed they don't play edge so add edge is there tight end they're clearly from the florida gators there wasn't much interest in adding gators in adding tight ends for the 2023 class, the 2023 cycle. I am fine with that. I'm fine with going, you know what? We're not going to add a tight end just to add a tight end. We don't like most of the guys, so we're just going to punt on it this year, which is a fine thing to do. Like I, I hate that people don't acknowledge that. You're allowed to just go, we don't like many of the guys here, so we're just going to punt. Sorry, or we don't like many of the guys that we think will have a realistic chance for, so we're going to punt. You know, this five-star from California that his top six initially is all Pac-12 schools. Like, you're probably not going to even throw your hat in the ring there because it's probably going to be a waste of your time. But Florida did not add a tight end. That's fine. The thing that pisses me off about it is when Gators fans are out here going, William Peegler sucks. He needs to go. Like I, I did one. I did a show after black Monday in the NFL talking about people I'd want to add. And I had comments that were like, Oh, got to add a tight end coach. Will Peegler sucks. Do you realize one, how stupid you sound when you say that? And two, how wrong you are when you say that? William Peegler played a huge part in getting Miles Graham, a linebacker, to your recruiting class for 2024. Jakeem Jackson, a corner, to your recruiting class for 2023. Will Norman, a defensive lineman, to your recruiting class for 2023. Bryce Thornton, a safety, to your recruiting class for 2023. Jaden Robinson, a linebacker, to your recruiting class for 2023. And many other players on roster, as well as being credited as the guy to get Ken Walker III to Michigan State a couple of years ago. So when you come in here and you start complaining about tight end recruiting and you start blaming William Piegler specifically, just know you're wrong and you sound stupid when you do it. Because, yes, he's a tight end coach. He is not a tight end specific recruiter. That's one of the reasons Billy Napier brought him in is that William Piegler has gone all over the we'll say all over the recruiting trail with different positions. And that's incredibly impressive to have a versatile recruiter like that. I honestly, I don't even know how good he is personally as a position coach. I know he's one hell of a recruiter though. And I'm cool with it for that reason. And the last position here is running back. It out as a need for the Florida Gators, but I do believe that for 2024, it is a need. You have Montreal Johnson. He is NFL eligible. After this season, you have Trevor Etienne. He is NFL eligible after next season. That means if you can bring in two running back commits for 2024, which you already have one in Chauncey Bowens, you can bring in one more. And that means they'll be on campus for a year before Trevor Etienne's gone. But that means that as true freshmen, they can compete and participate and probably contribute backing up Trevor Etienne. So, so you've got to get some backs on the field here, I think, or some backs in the class here. And that should be position focus. But again, we'll talk specific players with John Garcia tomorrow for today. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with John Garcia to talk Florida Gators recruiting. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university. 
the University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Line Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.